Dice Company contains fantasy violence, mature themes, and unapologetic bickering. No feelings were hurt in the making of it, but listener discretion is advised. Dice Company will always be free, but it's not free to make. Please consider supporting us on Patreon or Apple Podcasts and get access to our weekly roundtable show Extra Roll. Just follow any of the links in the show notes for this chapter. Welcome on and all to Dice Company, where a group of old friends weave tales of triumph, heroism, and despair under the guise of playing Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Tom, and I'll be your DM through the continuing adventures of this collection of low-moraled, high-functioning sociopaths. Low-moraled, high-functioning sociopaths, please introduce yourselves and give the audience one fun fact about your characters. Hello, I'm Dave, and I am playing Benny Quez. Benny has got a large scar on his face, running from just one side of his eye, almost all the way down to his mouth. Um, It's still fairly pink suggesting that it's quite a new scar uh, and he often kind of runs his finger over it when he's thinking seems to be pondering something reminiscence of some sort yeah hi there my name is charlie i'm playing vander finnick i've got more scars on my face than benny you always just riff <laughs> off my facts that's all there's two weeks in a row now <laughs> It's almost like you're not prepared. <laughs> no, well, you know, so fun fact about those scars, which I'm in no way making up now, um, is that I'm in so much uh, general pain from my various injuries, which far reach Benny's injuries, that um, I, the only relief I've ever really found is by bathing in the salt marshes over at Ovik. But um, I've only ever been there once and uh, often dream of going back. There you go. There's my fact. Mm. You've only experienced relief once. <laughs> That's it. How do, you, how do you know what it is? What the hell was that? Well, that's it. I, I, I just cling on to this memory. That could be deep sexual lust. <laughs> Who knows what it could be? Okay, well, I, I experienced a, a feeling once. There you go. And I can't quantify <laughs> it because it was just a one. Don't you be bragging about your one feeling. <laughs> Where are the salt marshes of Ovik? Um, oh, I see. Yeah, I want to no, say Ovik. Uh, because this is in no way, this map is in no way based on Europe. And so Ovik is in no way Italy. And definitely not the home of the Gnomish people. Definitely not them. What are you trying to say about Italians there, Tom? As you know, I'm part Italian myself, so I only speak in glowing terms about the lovely Italians. That's why you never sunburn, right? Correct. Italian skin. Impervious to the sun rays. I want to say, uh, of all the facts mentioned today, the least true. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Hi, I'm Harry. I'm playing Toc, who's an imposing six foot eight automaton. Toc despite being a construct, is keenly interested in the flora and fauna of the natural world. Uh, His favourite animals are dogs, and his tenth favourite are humans. A lot of dog lovers here. And a point of order, can you be imposing if you literally can't damage anyone? Yes. You can? Okay, good. You can intimidate without doing any damage. All right, I accept that then. Yep, talk is intimidating. (laughs) What is with all the dog love? if you'll excuse the phrasing. A, a phrase you've said many times in your life, I assume. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Being a hater of all things. I don't hate them. The I just don't get it. The reason why I had to pause there is because I had to write out all 10. Okay, we, we're going dogs, cats, squirrels, owls, ferrets, badgers, horses, goats, monkeys, and then humans. Monkeys ahead of humans. Yeah. But only just ahead.
pretty outrageous. They're pretty trustworthy compared. But... Not speaking volumes about your teammates there. <laughs> it doesn't really see that much difference. Hello, I'm Alex. I'm playing Augustus Zeno. I'm going to hit you with two fun facts today, neither of which are particularly fun. The first is that Augustus has no strong love for dogs because like all posh people, he thinks dogs should only be working dogs like foxhounds and similar ilk of worky dogs that posh people like. Uh, And my second fun fact is that Augustus has a recurring dream about walking through the mist-filled forests of Roanoke, which, as you'll all know, used to belong to his native Denothlia. Hmm. I was going to throw some shade about the, you know, fair enough. Good second fact there. Yeah, gear change, no clutch. <laughs> Can I just ask, yeah, DM, is that, is that the kind of fact you're looking for in general, rather than the bilge we've been... No, no, I'm, I'm happy for you guys to choose whatever fun facts you think are most appropriate for your characters. Bilge is, bilge is fine. Yeah, bilge is, ex- is expected, to be honest. My, my, my backup fact was that uh, Benny Quez is named after Quez Watkins, the Philadelphia Eagles third string wide receiver, which, which is not a true <laughs> fact. <laughs> I 100% believe it is a true fact. <laughs> oh, that's all I'm going to think about now whenever I mention Benny Quez's name. Do, do. Okay, without further delay, let's get stuck into this week's chapter of Dice Company. Last time, you lot narrowly escaped the clutches of the Bounders and a member of the Shadow Vanguard. With a fair amount of help from the deeply injured Air Elemental, you took off out of Lunadyne aboard the stolen airship, being manned by four automatons. The bustling cityscape of Lunadyne diminishes in the distance, replaced by the tranquil expanse of the open blue skies. The airship glides gracefully through the clouds, its sails billowing and the sound of the capacitor echoing gently across the deck. Standing at the helm is Vander, his cane placed neatly into a holding circle on the floor of the deck, his hands on a large wooden wheel. The four automatons you rescued hum with activity, tending to the mechanical intricacies that keep the ship afloat. Benny, Augustus and Toc, you find yourselves at the ship's railings, your eyes fixed on the receding city below as the airship gains distance. You look back at the colossal Ravager. Its menacing silhouette, a stark reminder of the perils you narrowly escaped. Turning to head south, the Ravager slowly turns to face your direction, but does not move towards you, instead remaining motionless, anchored in place above Lunadyne. From the distance you're at, you can see much smaller things in the air heading in your direction. But it seems for now the danger is behind you, and a world of mystery and adventure await ahead. And you have a small but not insignificant respite. We are entering a long rest period, So for at least the next two days, you can travel aboard the ship safe from attack. How would you like to spend these two days? I'm lost in the majesty of air flight right now. (laughs) Well, you look magnificent with the cane, like, plonked into the deck and kind of just wind in your hair, your fake hair. Absolutely, my horse hair. I am airsick and profoundly unhappy. (laughs) First time on an airship, Benny. (laughs) It is, funnily enough. It's the very first time on an airship. I'd like it to be the last, but it's not looking particularly likely, is it? 
because it doesn't seem like it's going to be safe to put down anywhere. Well, you look like you're handling things admirably. Thank you very much. A pleasure. Do have a bit of a bone to pick with you, though. How surprising. If you could hurl over the side, then speak, that would be appreciated. Okay, give me one minute. Excuse me. (laughs) And that was the last any of you saw of Benny. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now that's sorted. Uh, One second, Benny, my friend. Uh, Otis, uh, Vanda turns, pointing at one of the automatons. An exotic cheroot, please. Understood. Thank you, Otis. And then back to the wheel. And it walks off. What a wonderful little moment of... <laughs> I don't know. Ot- I don't know what I like more, Otis or the exotic cheroot. <laughs> no idea what those words mean. <laughs> what are these automatons, Vanda? Are they- do these think for themselves as well? Or are these uh, your standard automaton? They're not quite as sophisticated as our friend Pock here, no. But they are key to the running of the ship, and I've come to regard them as having personalities of their own. And do they just do what you tell them, or do they do what any of us tell them? Why don't you try giving one an order? Or maybe I will. Excuse me, uh, Otis, I'd love one of them fancy cheroots as well, please. Understood. Um, You wait for a few minutes, and he returns, holding what appear to be two nicely rolled cigarettes, and hands one to Benny and one to Vander. Well, that's something at least. Thank you, Otis. Much obliged. Vanda lights his cigarettes. Uh, back to our discussion then, Benny. Well, Vanda, I remember two or three days ago standing in your warehouse and you telling me that in return for helping you out, getting your uh, getting your air elemental and getting old Tox Ruby, I would get, in return, money and freedom. And to your credit, I am up by about five silver, so I'll give you that. But it looks to me like freedom has gone right out the window, doesn't it? For the foreseeable future. I would say you were up five silver and one exotic cheroot. Okay, I'll I'll put that in your credit credit list, shall I? However, in the debits is a complete lack of freedom, probably on a permanent basis. Benny, as you uh, smell the smoke coming out of Vander's mouth as he takes long drags of the cigarette, um, the smell is different to normal cigarettes. It's a little bit more pungent and a bit sweeter doing wonders for my air sickness to be honest absolute wonders if you're feeling any pain from that scar it might also help i'll give it a try so i am um, light up my own and uh enjoy in, enjoy a chroot uh can i have a um constitution saving throw please benny hallucinates a dragon jumps off the airship <laughs> to try and get on his back <laughs> that's a natural 20 constitutional um, you, you take a long drag of the strange-smelling cigarette and you feel it immediately go to your head and your head, for a moment, seems to spin. You have the sensation of your consciousness being very slightly back from where it normally is, but you're able to keep it under control. Um, this is not your first time dealing with any kind of other narcotics. This is interesting. Should have um, should have kept some of them mushrooms. That would have been an interesting, interesting pair. But you've not really addressed my points. Benny... For the mushrooms to work, they must be passed through a reindeer, and you must drink their urine. This is the way of the shamans of the East. (laughs) 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 I've 
have no idea whether that is a D and D thing. I also want to know how many exotic no, cheroots okay, Tok has. Or just, or just Tok, just bowling complete googlies at everyone. Okay, that's actually, that's actually a real life thing. Not, uh, not that's actually. I've uh, been reading my histories. <laughs> That's good. I've, I've so, nearly choked already. Thank you. I thought that was a great <laughs> intro for the uh, for the session. And August, August just managed to hunt us a doll as well, didn't he? So, oh, if only we'd known sooner. Also, hello. <laughs> Hiya, Tuck. I suppose I could have stopped to encourage it to urine. <laughs> Thank you, Tuck. A very valuable contribution to our conversation. <laughs> you are welcome. Everyone, keep your eyes peeled for reindeer in the skies. Banda. Reindeers cannot fly. Vander clicks his fingers, of course, silly me, and takes another deep <laughs> drag on his cheroot. Augustus has a vague memory that there's a dude in a red coat who can go around with flying reindeers, and then he remembers that that's not part of this world and <laughs> shuts up. The myth, though, the myth, though, is not unrelated in the real world. Have we actually. Uh, what is going on? <laughs> is this turning into an episode of QI? I'm just... <laughs> Oh. This is what happens when I don't tell you exactly where to go and what to do, isn't it? No one's trying to kill us right now, so we're talking about reindeer urine like normal people. As for freedom, Benny, there is no greater freedom than flight in the skies. We can pick a direction and go. That, for me, is the very definition of freedom. As for money, you raise a good point. I think it's time we had a discussion about what our collective purpose here is. Well, what's your what's your purpose, Vander? Money. I'm glad you asked, Benny. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I believe that. I was interested when you were having that chat with the old, uh, the old Shadow Vanguard. She seemed pretty sure that, that Vander Phoenix, not your real name. How very curious. I guess we'll never know. She's still at the bottom of that river, isn't she? Strange what people do under pressure, isn't it? It is. It is strange. It is strange, Vander. So what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing here is not getting me money. Never getting me freedom and you're not even going to tell me the truth about anything. So why am I sticking around? Well, I'll tell you the truth about that exotic cheroot. You're smoking drugs. <laughs> yeah, I'd work that out all on my own, thanks. <laughs> weird power play. <laughs> <laughs> the weird flex, wasn't it? Um, weird weird power did... play is basically Vander's middle name. That's the point, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Vander uh, turns then. Uh, flex. Take in the main brace for us. See if you can get Nozzle to help. Yes, Vander. And he boodles off the second automaton to meet the third automaton. Uh, and they begin pulling in the main brace. You see, you guys having an airship is going to be a problem for me because I know literally nothing about sailing. So when you guys use technical terms that are accurate, I'm just going to have to guess what they mean. Pretty sure Charlie doesn't know them either. I don't know, but if he can say them, it puts him at an advantage. Does, does it, though? <laughs> going to say, i got a main brace. Well, one of them is pulling a rope, and the other is winching something. And the brace <laughs> is being brought in or taken out or whatever it was you wanted. Stuff's happening. <laughs> Stuff is happening. Hoist the rudder, men. <laughs> <laughs> My questions are actually for Augustus. Hello. What is it we can do for you? I understand mainly what Benny's after, but I don't, I confess, understand what you need. Glad you ask, Vander, or whatever perhaps your true name may be. Uh, I would say that 
we perhaps might just allow one another to keep our secrets, as you clearly have them. I suspect Benny has them, and there are mysteries in talk too, I think. Not least the uh, rarely mentioned head in a bag. The mysteries do not are not contained within me. They are contained within my rucksack. Interesting. Appropriate, appropriately literal. So perhaps instead of delving into each other's into areas that each other don't want to discuss, we could consider what we genuinely do agree upon. And it seems to me that the one thing you've consistently shown, Vander, is that you dislike the Empire strongly. I think Benny shares that perspective, as does Tok. Agreed. As indeed does the air elemental who's permitting our flight. And without giving too much of my own long and dull backstory away, I share that sentiment. So perhaps we could consider how that might bind us together, even if Benny feels that payment and lack of freedom are currently problems for him. I agree, Augustus. I care little for the story of your back, but I agree the Empire should fall. Well put, Tok. Show of hands? If that's what we call common ground, Evander raises, very poorly raises his hand, which is obviously a mutilated thing. Uh, Tok raises his hand quite high up. I would like... Okay, I appreciate it. I'm not getting what I want, because what I wanted was to live a quiet life without people pursuing me. But what I've had instead is a massive upgrade on the people who are pursuing me. Fine, I accept that. And to your point, uh, Augustus, I think you're right. I think I think we are united by a dislike of the Empire. Got to admit, I I grew up in um, in Middleton, and I was uh, you know a kid on a kid on the streets of the Empire. They left us alone. And they left us. They would have left us to die. But I've never seen that that kind of cruelty before, like we saw at the um, at the factory there. That's given me a new perspective on how I feel about the Empire. So yeah, I think I think we're we've got some common ground there in our dislike of Empire. But I would I would like just a little reason to trust the people that I'm traveling with. Just a, just just one fact. Everyone tell me one fact about yourselves that feels plausible. How about that? Just mostly true. You know. How about I was once quite a dashing young man until the Empire mutilated my flesh. That feels like a start, doesn't it? That is a start. Let me follow that. Firstly, Vanda, with my, my sympathies and my... Uh, horror at what the empire has done to you adding that Donothlia, my home used to count roanoke here on this continent as a province and some time ago that ceased to be the case as the empire took control of all these lands and so i can say without giving too much information away and you will understand that i am at least being open that i cannot tell you everything about myself that i have i'm interested to discover more about what happened there and to see if something might be recovered for my homeland Still fairly mysterious, but okay. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's a start, isn't it? I, personally, I'm not entirely sure why you're being so secretive, because I reckon we've all got, give us a month tops. But, you know, you you be you. Well, perhaps I should have an exotic cheroot and I'll be <laughs> spilling the beans all over the side of the airship. And um, while you guys are discussing, the fourth automaton who Vanda has yet to address approaches. Vanda, dinner is served. Oh, why, thank you, Sterling. Shipmates, shall we retire below? Are you making up these names off the cuff? Because if so, they're amazing. <laughs> what have we got? Sterling and... We've got, Otis, the we've got Otis, Nozzle, Plex and Sterling. <laughs> the automaton leads you all downstairs. So you head down the stairs to the mid-level 
um, where you find three tables are set up with a, a, a small feast of food, uh, cooked potatoes, various forms of vegetables, and what to be what appear to be nicely cooked chicken. Bloody hell, Vander. You should have brought this stuff up when you were selling the benefits. I remember the last time I saw a meal like this. You're quite welcome, Benny. I take it that's the closest we'll get to praise, but please do pay attention to Sterling, the chef. He's worked quite hard over this meal. I think he's interested in making sure you like his efforts. Thank you very much, Sterling. My compliments to you. Eat it while it is hot. I shall do just that. Clearly very tickled by your compliment. (laughs) Cooking is his purpose. Of a sort, Tok, in the same way that holding a mysterious bag appears to be yours. That is not my purpose. I seek repairs. My creator was damaged by the Bounders four days ago. Until then, I never knew violence. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tok, but aren't you in a position to, to make your repairs now? I require time, peace. The repairs may be difficult. Well, if you can just get Vander and Augustus here to stop banging on about their stories, you might get the peace you need to do your work. <laughs> I find that acceptable. Well, at least that's one of us, eh? <laughs> Our bad chat is literally killing an automaton. <laughs> so there isn't an awful lot of space on the airship, and Doc really kind of needs a workshop. So there's a space, yeah, on the airship. So uh, unless, uh, I suppose, Tok will have an investigate around this place. There's a trapdoor, I noticed. There is. Tok doesn't need to eat, so whilst they're all eating, he's just going to explore the place. I'll have your chicken, Tok. I find that acceptable. Eat it while it is hot. Uh, yeah, so on the floor you're on, uh, to the north there is a, uh, a room with various types of food. Uh, you have, between you, about seven days' worth of rations for those who need to eat continue on. Uh, further south, you will find uh, two bedrooms and a a kind of galley area which could house up to five people in hammocks. Uh, and Tok, you've already been below deck from where you currently are, um, which is like a storage area, another two bedrooms, and the place where the capacitor is currently fit. Ah, okay, so that's where I fit the capacitor in. Yeah. Um, so is that the the trapdoor goes down to there as well? Tok, Tok will definitely go down and... Uh... Yep, you are now on the bottom floor. I'm going to nip back to my cabin. Um, as I go, uh, I'm going to say, Sterling, be so kind as to help Benny with his food. I think he's struggling with the chicken. Yes, Vander. Can I uh, work out which cabin is uh, Vander's? Uh, so Vander's is actually on the top deck. Okay, Tox basically going to set up shop in the cabin that he's currently standing in, and he will, in, in fact, start um, uh, taking tick out of the bag fully in here and start investigating and doing some um, uh, uh, repairs to his, the, his cranial plate. Give me a tinker's tools check. Uh, he will guide himself with this because he's taking a lot of time over it. So he's going to get a 30. <laughs> a natural 20. It is a natural 20. Natural 20 and rolling a 3 on... Uh, that's about as high a roll as he can do. Just one higher would be uh, the maximum. Uh, yep, so you, you successfully begin uh, the repairs you need. This um, may occupy me for some time. Uh, Benny, as you're uh, sat around the table following Vander's instructions, um, Sterling approaches, takes your plate from you, and begins to mash your food into a fine, pulpy paste. I sigh deeply. He then hands it back to you. Um, thank you, Sterling. That's, that's very kind of you. Maybe 
There's no need to do that in, in future, though. No, I appreciate I appreciate your efforts. Eat it while it is hot. I shall eat it while it's hot. Don't worry. Uh, Vanda's going to uh, come down now. I've donned my, my smoking jacket. Oh, Benny, I see you've uh, substituted your chicken for soup. I suggest we make two days south over the Illestrian Sea and cross over the mountains south of Chateau Grand. I have been in these areas before with Tick, my creator. We could then make our way down across the Rologod Sea to areas beyond the reach of this empire. Desert country. Desert country, the mountains north of Ovik, or the mountains east of Kolar Fife. The plains of Asmodeus would be too dangerous. Is there any reason you'd uh, like to see these places, or is this just because they're all out of empire control? The mountains of Ovik would be near the areas automatons are created. Very true. The mountains to the east of Kolar Fife are outside empire control and offer hiding for an airship concealment. The forests to the center of the empire would be too close. Pursuit may find us. The area of the Kerbera coast contains pirates. These may be of limited concern to an airship. The area of the plains of Asmodeus contain bizarre creatures. The area is dangerous. I see. Wow. Benny, any ideas? Well, what's the plan then? Is it, are we just running away? Well, I would suggest we do need some time away from the Empire. If we go to Ovik, there are certainly opportunities for us there financially. I assume those are of interest to you? Well, yes and no. Struggling to see, at this point, how money is going uh, to serve me. Are you going full nihilist? Is that what we're seeing? Like the complete collapse of a character's entire <laughs> belief system? Good lord. <laughs> Suddenly money cut. I can understand Benny's perspective here, that he was after a peaceful and prosperous life, and now to be wealthy would seem only to solve a relatively minor problem compared to the new relatively major problem of being pursued by the Empire. Well, gentlemen, and apologies for underlining a rather inconvenient truth, but we are now pirates aboard an airship. I don't suppose that figures into our collective thinking at all. Incorrect. Pirates must commandeer a vehicle. About that. You owned this vehicle prior to us acquiring it, correct? Oh, yes, of course, I did, yes. Not pirates in any way, then, I guess. That's a reassuring tone of voice. Thank you, Benny. How's the soup? Fortunately, that was my second helping, so I decided to have solids first and, and, and have the liquids after. And to be honest, I've, uh, I'm kind of full. I might, oh, I, I, might hope... not, I might not have the soup. You're welcome to it if you want it. I hope Sterling won't take offence. I have seen him do that before. Dessert is served and he puts down four bowls of a semi-solid yellow substance. Oh, thank you, Sterling. Eat it while it is cold. Vanda slurps. Augustus walks away. <laughs> Goes up to examine the top deck. The poop deck or whatever. Um, Tockle, Tockle turned to Sterling and say, How have you lowered its temperature relative to ambient? I held it out the window. A purist is Sterling. <laughs> I'm going to go and finish my cheroots on deck. So, says Augustus, catching Benny before he goes out the door and standing the door himself, looking over Vanda's head so he doesn't have to watch the slurping. It seems like, for the time being, 
our priority is to find a place beyond the at least immediate reach of the Empire. So Tok's plan, it seems, is as sensible as what we have. But I think, Tok, I'm right in saying this is the closest place you think is beyond the reach of the Empire? The closest place beyond the reach of the Empire is the sea, but it is not habitable to humans. A very important clarification. Geographically, the closest place beyond the edge of the Empire is the coast to the south of the Rollagold Sea. It is the edge of the desert. And is it relatively safe and habitable? Should we land there in our airship? Will we be able to resupply and get the basic things we need to carry onwards? Uh, so this is somewhere I'll have to ask for a, I'm assuming a nature check, but uh, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Okay, I will roll a nature check. And again, I will guide myself because, <sighs> God, I will do that every single time. God damn it. Okay, so talk rolls a 15. Uh, so talk your knowledge of the desert is it is it is habitable for humans, but it is hot and potentially uncomfortable, but they can certainly live there. It is habitable for humans. Comfort being not really a priority or something he really understands. It is habitable within 50 miles of the coast. The hard desert is dry, but it would not provide the cover that mountains would for our airship. I do sense that uh, touching down in the desert is likely to cause some attention. Well, maybe we'd be bolder then. Why don't we touch down in the mountains somewhere relatively secluded and then make our way on foot civilization, take a bit of a risk. The foothills of the mountains south of Chateau Grand would be near the city of Montano. I know little of the city interior, but I do know the countryside surrounding. Because... So why don't, we, why don't we navigate through the mountains and just scan the ground for a little settlement that we can dive into? That is exactly the idea I was thinking. Okay. Basically go through, I'm assuming the foothills or something on the south of the mountains is going to be less. Essentially any anywhere that's flat, where people are going to see us unless we're flying really high beyond where you can all breathe. <laughs> can, we, can we do that? But can we have an Indiana Jones-esque you know, flying scene, you know, where the, where the plane goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then I, I was going to suggest after we after we gain supplies and whatnot in those mountains, flying across the Rollagon Seas up to Ovik. Ovik. Or further across and then uh, yeah. further across here and then out of the Empire proper. But that's a long, long way. So Ovik could, Ovik could be relatively central so we could get to places from there. Why don't we just aim for Ovik, do this to start with? I'm sure bad things will overtake us by the time we get there so you your your cynicism is shocking <laughs> i'm sure it'll all get a plan <laughs> i'm sure it will you guys Discuss the plan for many hours while finishing off what small amount of food there is. Benny, you head up to the main deck to finish off whatever the thing was. What was the thing? Uh, a cheroot. Cheroot. Thank you. Exotic cheroot. And a sense of calm falls over all of you. Um, the, the day draws to a close. gets a little bit chilly up on deck. Um, Tuck, you are seen by the others just moving around the place, uh, investigating, looking around, uh, while Benny and Augustus have to choose their living quarters which we'll do in a bit uh benny give me a perception check please 23 have you guys only rolled natural 20s my god well no we're three from four come on Tok rolled a five for one of his checks it's just that that he had a plus 10 to that check 
Benny, as you're um, just kind of skulking around the airship, um, you hear the tiny skittering of something small. You turn your head quickly and you see what appears to be a relatively old mangy dog. Hiya, pal. Hello. What's your name? I hold out my hand to, for, it to, for it to lick it. it. It runs straight up to you and just begins licking your hand. Ah. You see its puppy dog eyes as it looks up at you. Dog has cheered Benny right up. Fish around in my pocket to try and find something to give it to eat. It's clearly going to kill him. <laughs> as you, as it's now up close and you get a good look of it, um, it is in fact an old dog. It's actually what appears to be a puppy, but with incredibly long, shaggy hair. Um, and it hungrily eats some of your rations that you feed to it um, and begins to curl up towards you. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Just uh, spend a bit of time hanging out with the dog. Better than these people. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) It is ten places better than humans. No follow-up questions there. (laughs) Just accept it. All right. We know enough about Tox's character to know he's actually dead on the money there. I was talking (laughs) these things. My cat is sitting behind me. I'm just checking that she's not, you know, getting getting envious. Need some reassurance. (laughs) She's absolutely fine. Not interested at all. You'd be glad to hear. Talk as you're working down in your new digs that you've claimed for yourself, you find what appears to be an ornately designed golden box, like a cube, about this big. What, in the quarters or? In your bag of tick. Oh, huh. okay. You've never I seen will... it before. I, I suppose I, I did. Yeah, this all was a bit of a hurry. Um, okay, I will take it out and investigate it. Cool. Give me an investigation check. 14. So just literally just a cube or? Uh, so it's 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 a cube with lots of strange designs on it, and actually, as you begin to investigate it, you realise that it it there are gears in it and different mechanisms. And as you twist and turn elements of it, uh, you can hear the kind of movement of something that has obviously been designed. Um, and then you you hear a couple of chimes of the music. A robotic voice comes out of the cube and says. With greater comprehension, you may find beauty in all things. Even in the strata of the rocks, you will feel flowers bloom. Okay. Um, do I talk back to it? Uh, I'm assuming this sounds like a recording rather than it's a, it's a conscious being. Okay. It does, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, Tok's going to focus on this and try and uh, <laughs> like move, like investigate a bit more. Okay. Um, I think you might get a bit obsessed, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> okay think of it like a like a beautiful golden rubik's cube <laughs> okay and nothing else with it just this it suddenly said a voice yes do i recognize the voice it sounds like an a standard automaton voice okay yeah okay dog's gonna carry on trying to like readjust it basically obsessively i think uh, i've obviously spoken to the automatons to set the relevant course and uh Yes, Vanda. And then I have retired to my quarters. Uh, Augustus will find some quarters and then uh, do some reading and also writing in his journal the things that have been going on in the last few days. Or I go to bed and we'll uh, take, take up to Vanda's quarters and ask him, A, is this his dog? Is this your dog, Vanda? Have you just walked into my quarters? I just knocked on the door. Come in. Hiya. You are faced with a Vanda who is only now wearing his dressing gown. 
hideous injuries to his legs on Abysable. Yes, Benny. Um, I found this fella below deck. I just wondered what his name was. I've never seen him before in my life. Oh. Well, all right then. He's mine. Uh, I've got a dog now, Vander. Here he is. How lovely. What's yeah. his name? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to think of something. I'll let you know in the morning. Uh, also, while I'm here, you got anything to read? I turned to the bookshelves. And what were you thinking of? What you got? Uh, mostly maps. It's a little disappointing. I could give you a pen and blank paper if you'd like to write some weepy poetry. Oh, Vander. Why don't you go fuck yourself? Good night. <laughs> Vander smiles. Night, Benny. Pleasure as always. <laughs> Vander <laughs> considers whether he's going to take that advice. <laughs> that's that's your uh, quest for next week, Chuck. You need to come out with a list of books that you have on the bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, is, that, is, that, is that Benny's real life? Like, <laughs> send me homework. If everyone's turning in, Toc's going to basically watch the stars over the night. But um, yeah. Uh, first things first, uh, Benny and Augustus, there are two spare bunks. Who is having which one? God. Which one has a rabid wildebeest in it? I will take the one where I get to sleep side on to the ship. Oh, he's he's just gone in there. <laughs> he's taking right. your bunk again. Hi, Augustus. <laughs> Augustus, fun. you head in there and Benny's already on the bed with a dog, unbelievably, just stroking it and playing fetch with a small circular bit of wood. He's he's a Bond villain already. I look askance at the dog. Fly, go into my own room and lock the door if I can, because I don't trust this animal at all, nor the dog. Talk, you, uh, with everyone else having taken themselves off to bed, you head up to the main deck. Uh, You can see that one of the automatons, Nozzle, is currently flying the ship in Vander's absence. So he's using the, like, big steering wheel thing, yeah. He pays you no attention whatsoever as you step out onto the main deck and look up at the beautiful stars above you. Uh, I will, yeah, I'll go to the fore deck to uh to observe the stars and you guys get a good night's sleep uh, so yeah so you guys uh, managed to have a full night's sleep uh, and you awaken the following morning uh, i'm getting the feeling you guys don't have anything specific that you want to do during these two days which is fine yeah talk will spend some time tinkering with his um his armaments but okay. other than that other than that he's got his uh he's got his work cut out for him i think yes augustus will spend his time reading writing thinking smoking but not cheroots over the side and looking wistfully back and forward uh your second day comes to a close talk are you planning to spend the evening once again on the forward deck yeah yeah he'll he'll spend in fact he'll spend every night if unless otherwise um yeah on the deck start looking at the stars okay and everyone else is going to bed hells yeah yep uh you guys have three days worth of rations left just so you know okay how close are we to the foothills where we want to put down and go looking for some food about three days lovely <laughs> uh so now we're out of your long rest so if you guys want to do the long rest stuff of getting all of your hit points back if you haven't done that already, all of your spell slots, etc., etc. Oh, wonderful. I had zero need of a long rest. Yeah, well, you've got one anyway. So you were, you were prepared food throughout the day uh, by the very helpful automaton Sterling. That's right. I remember. Um, Running Shepherd. We've got some great NFL wideouts going on. <laughs> 
Uh, Vanda, can you roll a d20 for me, please? <laughs> Two. The next day passes without incident. That's not what I expected. I take you guys are going to travel. You basically want to keep going towards the foothills of the mountain area to try and find somewhere to set down. Yeah. What's ev- where? Where is everyone kind of during the, the day? What's everyone doing? Uh, Tok will be in his little workshop that he's made. Also, he would have very definitely dismantled any beds that are in there for extra workshop space, probably uh, making them into shelving, basically. Uh, but he's going to be down there in the daytime and up on the deck looking at the stars in the evening. Uh, Augustus will approach Vander and ask if he can have access to these famous maps that line his bookshelves so that he can learn all about this continent, anything that he might not already know about continents, the continent and its cities and towns and anything else that's useful, especially Ovik, which is where we're going, right? You find Vander reclining in a deck chair on the poop deck, ordering the uh, automatons around whilst uh, smoking an exotic cheroot. Yes, Vander. Thank you, Nozzle. Hello, Vander. Augustus, what can I do for you? Uh, I just wondered, old fellow, whether I might peruse the maps that uh, Benny tells me you have uh, and just learn a bit about the geography of this fine continent. I don't remember volunteering any information to you. Well, I tortured it out of you (laughs) when you were asleep. Benny's just dead below decks then, is he? (laughs) You will find a copy of the various maps uh, lying strewn on the table and there is a book in the bookcase of an atlas of the world. Uh, it is a little outdated since the Empire have redrawn, redrawn geographies, uh, but you are welcome to peruse it. Wonderful, thank you. I will. I like. I enjoy the old geographies. Benny, what did you want to do? Was it complain about something? Or... No, it wasn't actually. <laughs> It was... Um, they walk your dog. While Vander's sunning himself on a poop deck and everyone else is elsewhere, can I have a little little break into Vander's cabin and have a look around? Oh, yes, please. I feel like that's exactly what Benny would do in this situation. Okie dokie. <laughs> you take your dog with you? No, dog can stay with I'm I'm really annoyed I didn't see this coming. <laughs> I feel like I should have absolutely seen this coming. Um, okay, so let's do an opposed check. Fander's perception versus Benny's stealth. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a big roll. 22. I'm, I'm, tempted, I'm tempted to guide one of them, but I, I mean... <laughs> and that's against my... I'm not saying which one. Perception, please, for you, Vander. I rolled a 10 against his 22. So all those cheroots you've been smoking, that's your problem. <laughs> um... Yep, so timing it perfectly, Benny, you are able to gain access to Vander's living quarters when he is not there. I'd just like to kind of have a look around and see if there's anything that looks to be of particular interest. Cool, give me an investigation check, please. 22. Oh my God. I have I have some <laughs> book names if he wants to look at the shelves. Please give him the book names. Uh, so you see three titles. You see The 19 Secrets to Successful Piracy. <laughs> A History of the World, Empire, 3rd edition, uh, and Sea Beast Takes a Lover, a romantic classic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you find those. uh, You find uh, a collection of old maps um, showing the area. I take it you're looking for something personal. Yeah. Uh, I can help there as well if you open a certain chest in there. Yeah, you open a chest and inside you find... The mask that Vanda wears. There's an array of them. Different masks, different patterns, different styles, different fabrics, just all lined up. He's a fancy man. And as you look at them, Benny, you notice they're very high quality make. These were obviously not cheap. 
Is that all, all I can uncover? That is all you can uncover. Disappointed, I slink back to my dog, who I have named Lenny. <laughs> Benny and Lenny. Lovely. We're back to mice and men, right? Is that where yeah. we went with this last time? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Hope that no one's read since secondary school. Fantastic. The evening, Tok is found once again on the forward deck looking up at the stars. You hear a voice from behind you, Tok, saying, Enjoying the stars, Tok. Indeed. What is it you are trying to see, if I may ask? I am gathering data. What kind of data? The movements. There are wandering stars that move across the constellations. Are you a star chart of sorts, then? I have received training from my creator, Tick, but it was interrupted. So an astrologer? Astronomer. The wording is important. Forgive me. Three teeth and so many vowels. You are forgiven. It's a very useful skill, Tok. I look forward to learning more useful skills of yours. Enjoy, and I will leave you to your stargazing. I will inform you when I have acquired sufficient data. Excellent. Midway through that conversation, uh, as you are about to depart, Sterling approaches and steps very obviously between Tok and Vanda. Here is your hot chocolate, Vanda. Oh, well, thank you, Sterling. Very kind. And then he leaves. Vanda hobbles away. As he's leaving, Tok will say, Sterling is your slave, Vanda. I wouldn't put it like that, Tok. Sterling, the other automatons and I work well together. And you'll find between us there's little we don't see on this ship. Good evening. Good night. I love the fact that Fanda never answers questions. <laughs> Just raises raises more horrifying implications. <laughs> I think the implication is really for Benny there. <laughs> <laughs> Benny, can you roll a D20 for me, please? Yeah, I was going to say, actually, I, the whole thing of we see everything on the ship, just completely water off the duck's back with talk. Like, that just doesn't even, yeah. like, doesn't really understand that that's even, like, a potentially a threat, other than a, we're very good at seeing lots of stuff. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, 15. The next day of travel passes without incident. Have one day's rations left. Are we, uh, I'm going to check my maps. Make sure we're on course. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Dom, in terms of like uh, time, I wouldn't say downtimeness. I'm guessing that two days was the equivalent sort of thing of a long rest, just for the artificers like stuff rather than spell slots. Correct. Okay. In which case, during the trip, uh, uh, Tok will at some point <laughs> go into the galley, try and select a couple of small glass vessels, um, around four ounces each, if he can find anything like that. And take them back to his workshop. Okay. Are we in the hills yet? If I look outside the uh, over the rail, uh, you are just approaching land. So the mountains are directly beneath you now for the first time. A land ho, shipmates. Vanda says lazily from the poop deck. August just glances glances at him in sort of surprise and disdain, seeing the enormous mountains that are not only in front of us but now below us as well. Unit. Vanda's maybe not the guy to be given the land ho duties next time. <laughs> I tip my hat at Augustus. <laughs> he 
you have just cleared over Biscuit Bay. All of you are now stood on the deck with the sun beating down on you. Supplies are running low and the edge of hunger is starting to bite down on Vander, Benny and Augustus as the day proceeds. Uh, beneath you now is a beautiful mountainous landscape. Lush and verdant greenery scatters over the tall ridges of the mountains, almost entirely covering them. These are the Pythereal Mountains between Gramplona and Royum Dion. Can I have survival checks from everyone, please? 18. 2. 11. 5. That is a mixed bag of results, is it not? Quite the range. <laughs> Vanda, even at this height, you spot a small clearing nearby a set of crystal blue ponds near the tip of one of the mountains. I signal to, I signal to, I signal to Plex. Uh, to your position, please, Plex. Yes, Vanda. And you see a singular eye begin to kind of zoom out like a small, not telescope, what are they called? Lens, like a... Yeah, like a lens. Yeah. Uh, and he takes his place near what appears to be an empty gunnery position. Sterling, take a stand. Yes, Vanda. Gentlemen, I think our best option for food may lie there in that clearing. Uh, so I would prepare, if I were you, to investigate the area. Understood. Observation checks, please. Perception, right? Uh, yeah, sorry, perception. Sorry. Uh, I rolled a 10. 22. 18. 10. Um, Benny, stop it with the high rolls, honestly. Uh, Toc, not really looking down at the uh, the mountains as much, will uh, look over at Benny's dog and say, Humans eat meat, do they not? Is this dog rations? This dog is not rations, Toc. So don't get any ideas about that. I do not consume yeah, food for sustenance. Point. I am glad the dog will not be consumed. The dog will not be consumed under any circumstances. I mean, to be based on... Uh... Benny's survival role, even if the dog was cooked up and put in a bun, he probably wouldn't be able to get it in his mouth. So I think we're all right. Uh, Tok will look over at Benny again and say, You have achieved the ninth rank of best animals, Benny. Oh, thanks, Tok. What, what have we ever taken? Monkeys. Monkeys. Suck it, monkeys. If hungry, they would consume the dog. Vanda joins the others at the rail. All heartwarming. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, you've not made it to nine yet, Vanda. Don't get cocky. Vanda smiles. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Vanda uh... stops smiling. <laughs> Having seen no civilization for miles around, you take the airship down towards a small clearing. As you get closer, you start to see tiny pools of water in the crags and dips of the mountain, while around them, rich green vegetation grows to form beautiful wilderness of life high away from any roads or rivers. Vanda, having commanded the automatons to land in the clearing, you are metres away from the ground. You start to see what appears to be scattered huts further into the foresty jungle and the thick undergrowth, obviously built to blend into the scenery and avoid being seen from the air. A number of people begin to approach the spot where you are landing. All of them appear to be wearing simple clothes, mainly dirty browns and tans. Leading the group appears to be a tall man, around six foot seven, with a thick black beard and a long black grey hair. His stiff posture is slanted slightly to the left as he leans on a long quarterstaff made of solid wood. Seems we have found the locals. So it does. Does anyone know what language they speak here? Can we talk to them? Yes, we'll find out shortly. How how um how close is the ship to You've got you've got a couple of minutes before you actually touch down. You're our uh, meter and greeter, aren't you, Augustus? 
Yes, and you're our sneaker, so I think maybe you could melt away into the background. And... I think we might be beyond sneaking in this airship, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, they don't know you're on the airship, do they? So you could just take a an inconspicuous position in case the meeting and greeting goes less well than I'm sure it will. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I will I'll take an inconspicuous position, as you put it. Um, so Tok has been in this area before, but probably didn't inter- interact with humans an awful lot. Do, do you think he would have any idea what languages were spoken, or is that...? You would assume that it would be either High Elysian or Common would be the most likely two options. Okay. I'll, I'll relay that information to the group, but I can't speak highly. I mean, we're looking to trade for food, but I'm not sure what we've really got to trade. Does anyone have anything for trading? Uh, Tok will take out of his uh, bag a small... The old biscuit stone again. S- small glowing pebble. That's lovely, Tok. I have this. And what is this? It is a glowing pebble, Vanda. Okay, uh, Augustus. I think this is your time to shine. Please trade this glowing pebble with the locals for as much food as we can get. Good luck. Wonderful. Well, I also have a bow. I have two bows, so I can give them a bow. Perhaps they'll trade some food for a decent means of getting more for themselves. Maybe they'd like uh, some maps. Mm. Have we not need for maps? Not for sale, I'm afraid. (laughs) I guess I could part with Sea Beast Takes a Lover. I do know the ending. Does the sea beast take a lover? <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, Benny, can I have a stealth check, please? 16. Um, you guys land with a gentle thump-thump. Um, Tok will turn over to, uh, to Augustus and say, uh, I have seen you slay creatures for food before. Can you not perform such a feat again? I think it might be a risky strategy to do that, my dear Tok, because we are in these people's land. And given that they appear not to be rich and well-fed, they might take poorly if we start hunting what they see as their game. I think we should ask them for something. But one cannot own the land, nor the creatures in it. Well, at the risk of sending humans back down to ten on your list, that is the sort of thing that humans often do think. Augustus, only Benny, has rank nine on the list, or he would not eat the dog. Sorry, I thought you meant humans had climbed to nine. I thought Benny had, as an ambassador for our race, had dragged us up to nine. I now but see the Augustus, I have seen e- humans eating dogs before in Lunadine, the capital. Understood. Perhaps we need another six-day air voyage to go through the methodology behind your ranking system. Yes, I um, thought the world the Empire carved out was a night was a nightmare. I see now worse fates are possible. <laughs> a question about the list because I, I'm now interested in it. Um, with Benny at number nine, presumably monkeys are now ten, and humans are eleven. <laughs> Benny's been put in as an Ooh. additional category of being. I think I think it's a side uh, category adjacent to the uh, to the normal list. Ah. Benny's now gone in alongside monkeys. Yeah, he's not a taxonomical category in and of himself. He is right. more an exception to the uh, the general rule. It's a good episode title, Tied with Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Augustus, um, you're heading out? Yes. I'm heading out in one of my six sets of fine clothes. Can I describe them? Uh, I don't need to. They're from Batistutas. Ah, fair enough. Everyone knows the standard I'm talking about. Off I go, showing the palms of both hands. 
up in front of me to show that I am not a threat. Although, of course, they can presumably spot a fine spe- physical specimen when they see one. And I approach them and say, my friends, we seek your help. All eyes of the village, and there are probably 10 people or so currently gathered around the ship, uh, look from you to the tall man with the black beard, who takes a few steps forward, heavily leaning on his quartz stuff. Welcome, strangers, to Haven. My name is Kalen, and I see the winds have brought you here, and fate has intertwined our path. How exciting. Exciting indeed, Kalen. How can we help you? We have a simple request for you. We merely need some food so that we can continue to eat as we continue our journey. And where is your journey from? We have come from the north, and we head to the east. The north of the Empire? Yes, that's right. Are you of the Empire? We are in the Empire. Whether we are of it is a philosophical question that's rather beyond the where I hoped this conversation would go. Allow me to allay any fears. We are all outcasts from the Empire here for different reasons. We have brought them all together in this place, high in the mountains, away from everything and everyone else. Wonderful, Caelan. Well, as uh, one of my friends aboard the ship once said, fuck the Empire. And I think that, although, as I noted at the time, rather blunt description, sums up our collective feelings towards the Empire. And it sounds like yours too. He raises an eyebrow. Well, what is it you're after? Food to see us on our way, if you can spare it. Uh, we, of course, would expect to pay for anything we take. Uh, I can offer you a, a longbow from my collection. And I assure you I'm a fine huntsman and I, its its balance is second to none. And my friend Tok has a... My, my friend the automaton aboard has a rather fine glowing stone, which could be useful to you at night. I see. We have no need for money here. We work on a... Simple bartering system. Services for goods, goods for services. Wonderful. Um, allow me to introduce you to the our humble community, and we'll see what we can do to help. How many of you are there? We have three people. I say that loudly so that it's clear to Benny back on board that he can sort of safely shuffle out. Uh, and five automatons who serve us and keep the ship afloat. Keep the ship, not afloat, aloft. Indeed, it is a rather fine airship. You'll have to tell me how you acquired it from the Empire. Well, they left it unattended, and we found ourselves in a with an urgent need to depart. It seemed the safest <laughs> way to do it. I know the Empire better than most, and I'm not sure that's entirely true, but that's fine. Augustus, Augustus laughs heartily. Um, and he begins to lead you into the village proper. Okay, I nod my head to tell the other guys to come along. I guess the four sort of service automatons can stay behind and guard the ship, can they, Vander? They certainly can. Maybe, maybe Tok can help Vander along, and Benny can, in a rare case, uh, walk in the open. Yeah, Tok will have helpfully, uh, happily uh, give Vander a piggyback if he wants. Uh, Vander's going to struggle along for the time being. Oh, well met, friends. And Kalen offers his hand to Benny Vander and Tok. Uh, Tok, uh, during his turn, will uh, look at it rather than extend his house out, hand out because he doesn't really know what's going on. I'll just shake his hand in a normal way. It is a pleasure to meet you. I'm Caelan, and you are? Hiya, my name's Benny. Nice to meet you. Pleasure. Hello to you. Vander Finnick, uh, a pleasure to meet you. Caelan Lux, a pleasure to meet you too. Come, let me show you the village. We have a humble community here. Uh, over there is Alara. She is a skilled herbalist who tends to the healing of our people. Uh, next to her is Gorath, the village blacksmith, whose hands shape the sturdy tools which aid us in our endeavours. 
he then points over to the kind of azure blue pools that you saw from the sky. Um, these are the shimmering pools. You'll notice that there are fishermen in there, Felix and Isabella. They harvest the bounty of the mountain waters, which provide us with sustenance, and perhaps you too. Uh, and there is a group of children you'll see there off in the forest. They are the future, full of energy and mischief. You mentioned a uh, potential trade. Skills for resources? Yes, that's right. The people around here need some help, I would imagine. And what kind of help could we be of if, for example, we wanted those lovely fish? I possess skills with smith and herbalist tools. Then you'll be very handy around here. But not spear. Unless it's safekeeping. I am new to the way of the spear. Yeah, I hope your fishermen aren't spear fishermen, because Tark <laughs> wouldn't catch a whale that had been beached. <laughs> I am new to the way of the spear. It has been four days. You're doing very well, Tark. I'm sorry, Tark. Uh, that, was, that, was that was unnecessary. Uh, yeah, I'll take it back. It'll all completely bounce off Tark's, like, just not utter, utterly... Like, Much like the edge of his spear. <laughs> <laughs> Tark's, uh, Tark's practicing his spear, and he's going to be grand. I need to keep that nine spot. <laughs> <laughs> If it is food you're after, then I shall draw the other villagers in and they can ask you themselves for what they need your help with. That Very good, yes. We'll wait here. Uh, so he begins gathering around uh, the people that he's already introduced you to as well as a few others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he forms them in an orderly queue. Uh, who are they going to be talking to? Well, probably not Augustus, unless they want a recitation of Denophilian poetry. <laughs> I, I will happily I'll put Vander's happy to take questions. Augustus's servant, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> handles, handles, handles business and trade. And the goddamn pirate <laughs> captain. <laughs> so the first to approach is a enormous humanoid figure, kind of grey skin with black tattoos and a bald head. Uh, he actually towers over Tok as he approaches, and he offers Fander, he offers you his hand, which is about twice the size of a normal human's hand. Hello, my name's Gregor. A pleasure to meet you, Gregor. Vander very delicately takes his hand. Ooh, I won't break your hand, sorry. That's quite all right, Gregor. How can we help? Oh, I'm I'm the blacksmith. I've I've injured my shoulder, uh, but I need some copper ore out of the mountain. Um, I, I reckon some of you could go fetch me some copper, and I'll be able to trade you some of the things that I make if you like. Thank you, Gregor. We'll certainly consider it. I see you have other villagers there. We should hear from them also before. We commit ourselves. Okay. Come come on, Lanny. And for the first time, you notice that there is a small goblin who's been hiding behind Gregor's leg, who kind of skitters up onto his shoulder. Yeah, all right, Gregor, let's go, let's go. So are, uh, are in this world, are goblins, like, obviously they can speak common. Are they civilized or I'm assuming they're not monsters outright? They're not monsters, no. So there'll be good goblins and bad goblins. And same way, there'll be good orcs and bad orcs. Next up is a... Uh, a red-skinned woman with kind of curled horns on the top of her head and long red hair with pale white eyes. Hello there. I'm Isabella. My name is Vander. A pleasure to meet you, Isabella. Do, do you know anything about fishing? I have some friends who might. We we could do with some help doing some fishing. We need to catch some, some prawns. Uh, they're, they're in those shimmering pools over there. Um, but our, our mesh nets are a bit broken and... You know, Gregor's a little bit ham-fisted when it comes to fixing things. So do you reckon you might be able to help fix our nets? I'm sure we could think of something to help. 
if you if you can, I'd be willing to give you a half of what we catch. Good food, it's tasty. Very generous. We will certainly consider that. Is there any more in the queue, or is that the? Uh, there is one more in the queue. Okay. All right. My name's Cato. Pleasure to meet you, Cato. Vander Finnick at your service. And you see a kind of broad-shouldered human, probably in his mid-thirties, in very good shape. I uh, I need help putting up a new art. Um, it will take some strength and coordination. If you can help, I'll I'll happily give you some of my dried pipe leaf. A dried pipe leaf, you say? Yeah, for smoking. Very interesting. Allow me to speak very quickly with my friends. All right. Um, if, I mean, if it'll sweeten the deal for you, I can get you access to the bathhouse. There's a bathhouse here. Again, very interesting. Okay. It's good. Gets into your pores, all the steamy air. And they, they, they put in different kind of smells as well. It's lovely. That's pretty, pretty good offer for Vanda. Um, I'm going to turn back then and speak with the group. A gentleman, a few options there. I suggest we definitely take the one related to food for obvious reasons. Yeah, agreed. Um, don't know who's in the best position to fix the nets. Tok, is that one of your, would that be one of your skills? I know you're a bit of a, bit of a tinkerer, a bit of a fixer. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming, Dom, that tinkers style stuff would involve fixing nets and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'll reply, yeah. I would be capable of fixing nets. Yes. Seems like the one for me. And the copper mines, any takers? What were they offering us for copper mine work? Get them copper in exchange for materials from the blacksmith. I would be interested in metalworking. Mm, then we wouldn't have anyone for the nets, which is unfortunately quite important. He wishes for copper, not for assistance do you have copper not in sufficient quantities i suspect a copper mine yes but if you're at the copper mine presumably you're not mending nets indeed for one cannot be in two places at once banda very true and an excellent point humanoids need food you see talk and without the nets we may die so if it's all the same to you and for the sake of your shipmates would you mind mending the nets? I would not mind, though there are four of us. Well, none of the tasks, I'm afraid, appeared to suit someone of my disposition. Vander gestures at his broken and battered body. You could help build a hut for Cato. I could certainly read the instruction. <laughs> you could help fish for Isabella. I could certainly sit in the boat. You have telekinesis, do you not? That's a long and complicated word with an even more complicated explanation. Uh, give me stealth checks, you two, please. Your talk doesn't do well with that. If it's voice, then uh, he's even worse at... Uh... Seven. Boom. Four. Continue. <laughs> I mean, talk's not really like talking quietly or anything. You could help the blacksmith Gregor at retrieving copper, Banda. I feel like we may not be understanding each other, my friend. Vanda, you are small and broken, but you have a mind. A mind is necessary for all three tasks. That's true. But I imagine the tasks will also require some fitness of body, where unfortunately for me, I am rather lacking. Perhaps 
I can be of some assistance in this quagmire of a conversation. Thank all of the deities known from here to the Empire. I am not an especially dexterous person, so mending the net may not be my forte, but I am reasonably strong, so I could go and collect at least a little copper ore. Uh, However, I suggest that some of us need to stay back on the airship because we don't know these people, and although they tell us they're enemies of the Empire, we can't take that as completely red so perhaps vander if you and i'm speaking quietly here perhaps vander if you tell them that you need to rest because of your uh, fragile physical condition and that benny will go with you as your assistant then tok and i can do some of these jobs try and get some food maybe a few things from the blacksmith and then we'll head back to the ship this conversation's clearly taxed vander somewhat he smiles in a slightly disconcerting way and said an excellent plan turns to the villagers and says i need to rest and then starts hobbling in the direction of the ship maybe it'll take maybe it's better to have two of us at the mine though do you want me to come with you augustus is is van they got the other automatons at his disposal so we're basically pretty- he has he has plex which if you go back to the description plex is taking up a gunner position on Fine. the ship right. so yeah benny and i will go and do what we can with the copper ore then because it sounds like the net build, the net mending is the most important, and Tox's our best guy. Well, for that. so the uh, the fisher Isabella wanted help mending the nets, but also help fishing, which Tok is probably not going to be very good at. Uh, okay. How long would uh, how long would mending the nets take? Do you reckon, Dom? No more than like an hour. But Tok will get right to it and then be very willing to head out and scavenge for or the uh, with the others. Fine. In that case, we'll we'll nominate Benny, shall we, as our fisherman because he's quite. Quite nimble, quite good at hunting stuff, I guess. The fish won't know he's there because he's so stealthy. <laughs> Dexterous and stealthy. It really is fascinating listening to you all. <laughs> Who's speaking? Uh, you turn to see a positively ancient-looking elf with completely milky white eyes and very thin white hair. Um, he appears to have two bows, one over each shoulder, uh, although he walks with a stoop. Um, almost as bad as Vander's. Uh, and he has what appears to be a small bird perched on his shoulder. Yeah. So, you're the new people, are you? Hello. Hello. Hiya. So which one have used a telekinetic? Uh, I turned back. I'm afraid you've lost me there. Mm, you're lying. <laughs> I respect that. So you're the one with the telekinesis. What's your name? Vander Finnick. Yours? I'm Lorian. Pleasure to meet you. And you too, Lorian. And uh, Augustus says, a pleasure to meet you in Elvish, because Augustus can do that. Oh, highly trained. You've obviously gone to a very good university. Is he saying that in Elvish or in human? Elvish. Uh, Then uh, Tok will also speak in Elvish and say, what is a university? you've trained your automaton as well. A university is a place of learning. It's like a school, but for rich, older people with nothing better to do. I say, well, isn't this fun? But in Gnomish. <laughs> uh, Tok will speak back in Gnomish and say, you have not found conversation fun before, Benny. 
Uh, and hang on, uh, Augustus <laughs> is going to reply in gnomish. Say, say, Wonderful. Well, sometimes Benny can be a little a little obtuse, but we'll allow him this extravagance. Oh, so we've switched to gnomish, have we? He says also in gnomish. <laughs> Are you following this band? I'm, I'm, I'm going back. I'm going back to Conan. Uh, can Tom we will say in gnomish? He'll say it is the language of the builders. Yeah, I suppose. I apologise. I was trying to do a little joke. We'll go back. Let's go back to common. Then we all know where we are. As you wish. It is, um, it's very nice to meet you all. You seem quite lovely and very clearly not agents of the Empire. Well, definitely the latter of those two things is true. The Empire must fall. Indeed they must. I have seen entire kingdoms rise and fall during my lifetime. And this Kalian Empire is no different. How long have you been around then, if you don't mind my asking? No, oh, you stopped counting after a thousand. Well, you, yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Can't fit enough candles on the cake and all that. No point keeping track. And he turns to his bird. Cheap, go and get me some food, would you? And the bird just flies off his shoulder into the forest. Got him well trained. Yes, he's my eyes. What sort of bird's that? No, it's a, it's a long-lasting bird. I've had him with me for many years. Very nice. Weary. <laughs> Lorian, what function do you serve in this settlement? Uh, they call me the Elder. Wisdom is what I offer. And what wisdom do you have for us, Lorian? I'm actually checking out. Is Lorian blind? Panda frantically waving a hand in front of yeah. Lorian's face. <laughs> Just lighting a lighter directly in his eyes. Please stop that. <laughs> hmm. Did you work quite well as a team when you're not bickering? You can tell this. You're obviously talented in your own ways. And you're obviously a bit lost. But that's okay. That can all be solved quite easily. What brings you here, Lorian? And what about the eclectic mix of individuals who make up this community? We called it Haven because it is a sanctuary and a haven for those who are fleeing the persecution of the Empire. You'll notice that everyone here is not what you would call normal, but they have every right to live. The Empire disagrees. And so here we are in the mountains far away from civilization. Safe. Very wise. That's why they call me the Elder. Anyway, it sounds like you have jobs to do. I think they're all good things. And when you're finished with them, come see me again. I might be able to help you out with whatever it is that your heart desires. <laughs> How's that for enigmatic? <laughs> and he turns around as the bird flies back onto his shoulder and drops what appears to be a kind of collection of worms into his open hand. And he just scoffs them down and heads into a hut. You see, he's going to enjoy having dinner with Vanda. Vander <laughs> <laughs> Vander looks at the uh, other members of the group. Oh, disgusting! <laughs> and then turns back uh, on his way. <laughs> okay, let's hit our jobs then, shall we? Yeah, Toc will go uh, fix some nets. Cool. Well, we'll start with that. Give me a. Use your tinker's tools. Okay, and he will, of course, guide himself with his memory of knots. That will be a twenty-seven. Toc is. Good at making stuff. With Felix and Isabella watching on, Toc very quickly begins to re-net and fix up the netting for them. Oh, these are fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, are you going to help us fish now? I am unacquainted with the capture of living beings. I think, uh, I think I've been put in charge of that aspect of the, uh, of the work. Oh, have you been fishing before? I have not been fishing before, but oh. I've got a sharp eye and dexterous hands. So we figured it's worth a try. Okay, well, it's we're about an hour from dusk, and dusk is the best time to catch them. 
And the best thing would be to try and shine a, a light in their general direction, and then they get scared, and then you can scoop them with the net. Okay. I'll give that a crack. If Tok isn't going to be particularly useful at this, he's going to head over to the Whispering Grove. Founder, what are you doing? Uh, I am reclining on my ship. Reclining nefariously. <laughs> yes. Let's skip forward an hour and get you some fishing. Do some fishing. Uh, you can give me a survival or nature check. Uh, 13. Okay. Yep. So uh, following the instructions, uh, you get a lit torch just at dusk. You kind of flash it over the top of the shimmering pool. Shimmering pools emit quite a lot of warm um, and you, you can't help but dip your hands into it. And it, it is very warm and a little bit salty. Um, when you when you flash the torch down, you see the kind of gleaming bioluminescent reflections of various shrimps, prawns in there. And quick as you like, you swoop down and you manage to catch an entire net's full. Oh, you're a natural. Good job. Yeah, it's all right. This isn't it, this fishing. Hey, I'm a my rights have a little paddle. It's these 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 pools are lovely and warm. Yeah, of course. Although, if if that's what you're after, the bathhouse really would be better for you. My right just to use the bathhouse? Is there are there any guidelines around winning out? No, you've just helped help us catch dinner. So we'll uh, we'll show you over to the bathhouse. Oh, well, I wouldn't say no then. Thank you very much. Oh, follow us. And they they net up a load of the shrimps and prawns, take them to the communal area, and then take you down to the bathhouse. Um, Augustus. I think Tok and I were going to go off and try and find some copper ore for the blacksmith. Uh, Tok has head off to the Whispering Grove. Uh, he was assuming that we weren't going to go prospecting around the mountains at night time. Sounds reasonable. Uh, in which case, from where I am, what makes sense? Go to the Whispering Grove or go back to the ship with Vander? Up to you. What, what would be more? What would Augustus more likely do? He would probably go back to the ship. Not to the bathhouse. Well, maybe if it looks if it looks relatively nice. I mean, he, Augustus doesn't. I don't think would slum it. But if it, I guess if the facilities are better than are on the ship, then he'd probably do with a good wash. I don't think there are facilities on the ship. I think you've probably had quite a few days without any kind of wash at all, right? Or an airship. It's not like you can just like dip into the bar. Augustus produces a uh, fluffy and soft white towel and a pair of flip flops and heads off to the bathhouse. Oh my god! Of course he does. I mean, <laughs> Tok doesn't have a sense of disgust in the in the way that humans do, but obviously, like I think that you're probably all smelling quite ripe at the moment. So, Augustus and Benny, uh, you head to the bathhouse at roughly the same time, uh, led there by Isabella. Um, and as she pushes the wooden door open, she says, oh, "This is the bathhouse. It offers a place of relaxation and rejuvenation." Uh, you're immediately hit with aromatic steam rising up from the kind of it's it's been carved into the stonework beneath, and there's multiple layers that you can sit on, and in the center is a bubbling pool, out of which is coming this delicious aromatic smell. Um, this is where we gather and we shed our worries and daily burdens. Um, would you like to try the the warm waters? I would love to try the warm waters. This is very nice. If you want to fold your clothes and. Put them on the side there, and then you can get in. All right. Cheers. And she she leaves you to it. Put my clothes on the side and pop in the warm waters. Actually, I'd pick up my clothes from the side and give them a bit of a rinse in the warm waters as well, surreptitiously. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. Uh, Augustus very reluctantly also gets in the warm waters. <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't quite know how he's ended up here with Benny, and he's a bit worried the dog's about to join us as well. <laughs> Where is the dog? The, the dog's way? on the airship. Okay. 
Uh, so yeah, so the two of you completely naked get into the warm, bubbling waters um, and immediately feel the kind of stress and anxiety and dirt wash off of you almost instantly. Um, it's incredibly pleasant. It's incredibly steamy, so you can barely see anything. Oh, I can get used to this. Do you um, do poshies get this kind of thing on a regular basis then, Augustus, or is this uh, is this new for you as well? No, it's almost relentlessly in my life. Oh, we all have our burdens, don't we? Absolutely. My, my skin is so soft, it's outrageous. <laughs> Well, yes, as I say, it's a tough world, but you, you seem to be finding your way through it all right, so I congratulate you. Oh, thank you. You're alive too. I am. I am. And now perhaps some peace and quiet, eh? I'm sure, I'm sure we'd, we'd both relish that. <laughs> having, having struck up a conversation, Benny shuts it down. <laughs> the unbearable Augustus. Fair enough. Um, talk will come to you in a second. Vanda, you are sat on the airship uh, and Kalen begins to walk up the ramp and you hear the kind of thud, thud, thud of his quarterstaff as he makes his way onto the poop deck. Yes, where he finds me in my usual deck chair. Hello, Vanda. Kalen, thank you for joining me. Pleasure. You know who I am, or should I say what I am? Of course. Don't you owe me money? It's an interesting place to take the conversation. <laughs> he laughs. He laughs heartily and goes in to hug you. It has been a long time, my friend. Too long. How did you survive? It was not easy. I fled from Roanoke and I head southwest till I got to here on the way I met all these various people, including Lorian. Have you met him? Briefly. He seems to see who I am also, possibly because he knows you. Entirely because he knows me. Um, he's blind and old, but he is wise, and he has a way of drawing people in. So this is your life now? This is it. I have exchanged the blade for the hoe. I have exchanged the blade for the walking stick, courtesy of the Empire. Mm, what happened? As you may remember, I was not so lucky in my flight and was captured I believe I'm accurate in saying I may be the most tortured man to be walking the earth. You suddenly look it. That's not to say I'm entirely defenceless, as you know. No. This Lorian, I should speak with him? Your people seem to be doing good work and ingratiating themselves with my people, which can only be a good thing. When they are finished, it is worth talking with Lorian. Do me a favour, old friend. I wish you the best in your life here. It might be better for my friends not to know of my past just yet. I made that leap when I heard your name. Your secret is safe. I like the name, though. It's good. It suits me well now, in my new life. Can I convince you to stay? That is tempting, but I'm afraid I'm not sure this place is quite my speed. I thought that was true of myself. But now that I'm here, it is peaceful. I'll think upon it. Thank you for the offer, old friend. It is truly good to see you again. And a pleasure to meet one of the few surviving Rogans. He nods and heads off the ship. Tok, um, you are entering the Whispering Grove. Yeah, it looked like some nice trees. Tok quite likes trees. They rank, they rank even above dogs. Uh, the Whispering Grove is a mystical and enchanting corner of Haven where ancient trees stand tall and whisper secrets carried on the breeze. Um, the fading sunlight filters through the dense canopy 
casting a gentle glow upon the lush undergrowth. You feel a sense of profound serenity when you enter. And actually, once inside, having walked around and investigated the various trees and flora and fauna, you see what appears to be a small stone hut at the back. Chalk will go and investigate that as well, I guess. You follow what appears to be a relatively steep path surrounded on all sides by these beautiful trees. And you, once you're kind of out of the, certainly of the area that you can see on the map, you get to, um, you get to the back of this stone, what is effectively a temple. And there is a cliff edge on the other side of it. The doors are open uh, and you enter in to find a woman dressed in a white hood. You can't see her face. Greetings. You are the keeper of this place. It is wonderful. I'm glad you like it. You're an automaton, are you not? I am. And what brings you to the Temple of Many Gods? The trees. Ah, you like trees? I do. Trees, plants, the flora and fauna. You appear to have something more happening behind your eyes. You're not a mindless slave like the other automatons. You are correct. I have a mind. And what do you use the mind for? Many things. Are any of the things perhaps the worship of a god? I do not understand the term god, nor the term worship. I have spent my time in the wilds of nature. I have not encountered such things. They are human terms. They are. Worshipping is to prostrate yourself in front of a higher power, a sentient being that you cannot see, but who is pulling the strings behind the scenes. Such beings exist? They do. They require prostrating? In some instances. Can such beings be encountered? <laughs> Only if you're very lucky and very, very unique. Doc will uh, sort of go silent for a bit and say, I may be unique. I think so too. But the important thing is to find out which god may be watching you. Or how many? There may be many. How many gods are there? Too many to count. Ah, like the stars. The stars are named after the gods in many instances. Uh, Tok will point at some of the stars and say, uh, the stars' names are known to me, but the gods are not. And he'll point up and say, uh, point up one and say, uh, the stars, Karas, and Selak, they are wandering stars. Are they gods? They are indeed. Yeah, they are the goddesses of fortune and misfortune. Uh, he'll point to some other stars and say, uh, There are other wandering stars. Malek, Tyr, Zarul, Verevalun, Shovan. Are these gods as well? They are. Of tyranny, courage, self-sacrifice, truth, illusion. All the gods have a purpose. <laughs> this is a great knowledge off with the DM. It's funny you should mention Tyr. Are you travelling with one who is holy, one who worships? I'm guessing not, seeing as you did not understand the premise. I lack sufficient data. I see. Well, was there anything else you wanted to know? What god do you worship? Well, I worship Cassandra. That is not a star that is known to me. She is the goddess of divination and fate. I can see things that have yet to pass. This ability is confirmed? <laughs> it is not as simple as that when it comes to the gods. Can you 
Tell me my future. It's certainly try. I lack sufficient data. She looks deep into your eyes. I think your future will be bright, like a blazing wandering star across the night sky. Bright, but potentially short. Ah, you refer to a comet? Like a comet, a teardrop from the gods. Uh, Tok will go quiet for a bit, I think. And then maybe if she's uh, probably leave after that, and probably, he'll, he'll probably spend the night in the Whispering Grove, looking at the stars. Um, Augustus and Benny, you have been soaking in the bathhouse for a few hours. Um, for the first time, Benny, in your life, your skin looks wrinkled like a prune. Augustus. You're used to this sort of comfort and decadence. Looking around for a waiter for a waitress. Well, Kaylin enters. Hello, my friends. Uh, we are about to sit down for dinner. Would you like to join us? Yes, please. That'd be lovely. Thanks, thanks, Kaylin. Loving this bathhouse you've got. It's uh, tremendous here, isn't it? The small delights of life. Well, very good of you to let us use it. So, thank you. We are friends, after all. Bye. And he leaves you to it, and kind of tells you when you're ready to head towards the communal hall. You enter to the smell of incredible herbs and spices in the air, and there's a huge cauldron that appears to be filled with like a a kind of thick soup with, you can see bits of prawn in it and various bits of vegetables, and it's being served up with a ladle into into, um, bowls, and everyone's just eating with wooden spoons. It's weird this, isn't it, Augustus? It's soup, but I'm not upset by it at all. Brilliant. We'll wait till Vander gets here. <laughs> Where is Vander? Is he coming or is he stopping on, on airship? Yeah, let's not tell him about dinner. Yeah, I don't think we need to bring it up. Vander enters. Who are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> so, you've been working hard, I see. Oh, very kind. He looks at Augustus and Benny in particular. It was, uh, it's worked out pretty well for us, actually, to be honest, uh, Lorian. About uh, 10 minutes of hard work and... Uh, about two hours in bash. It was a perfect ratio, got to tell you. Now, I, I must say you did need it, if you don't mind me saying so. I do not mind you saying so. So what do you think of Haven, now that you've spent a few hours here? Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. A lovely uh, bit of fishing, shimmering pools, and a nice relax in the bathhouse, which uh, which was very pleasant. Never experienced anything like that. Like, you don't you don't get that kind of thing up in, uh, up in Middleton, where I'm from, I'll tell you that. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And you're enjoying the soup, I take it. It is the best soup that I have come across for many a day. I can tell you that. It's all thanks to Rosalind. Rosalind, why don't you come over and introduce yourself? What walks towards you can only be described as a five foot eight tortoise, but on two legs. (laughs) And it shuffles towards you. You like the soup? Very... (laughs) Very, very much, Rosalind. Very much. Absolutely delicious. My compliments to you. Oh, I'm delighted. Welcome, welcome to Haven. Thank you very much. She shuffles off. <laughs> First time seeing a turtle? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new one on me, I've got to admit. She's very tough, but she's very sweet. And she makes a fine soup. And she does. Well, seeing as you've already worked your way into the hearts and minds of the people of Haven, and I liked you from the beginning, I was wondering if you might do me a favour. I mean, if uh, if we can, I don't see why we wouldn't. Well, you see, 
the last few nights I've been woken to the sound of a creature crawling through the jungly forest. And it's been stealing items from Haven for weeks. I think one of the children even heard it roar. There's a nearby cave where I think it currently is. Um, as members, new members of Haven, I wondered if you might consider investigating the cave and killing the creature for us. I mean, that sounds like the kind of thing that's pretty much uh, pretty much up our alleys. Hey, Toc. No, Toc's not here, is he? Hey, Augustus. Uh, <laughs> yes. Does sound like a job that is up your alley. You could uh, you could cut a cut a fine swathe or whatever as you call it when you're uh, when you're killing it. You'd enjoy that. Okay. Apparently, this is happening. So, let's bow to inevitability. Well, I feel like we you know we've had some lovely hospitality here. I feel like it's the least we can do is to repay it a little bit. Absolutely, as the old saying goes, someone gives you a bowl of soup, you attack a mysterious cave-dwelling creature in the middle of the night on their behalf. It should be at the night that you attack, because it's, it's quite mobile during the day. I think it sleeps at night. And do you have any idea what this creature actually is? <laughs> well, I've got some theories, but we're not really sure. We, we think maybe a big cat of some kind. No, well, it turns out we're dog people, so that's fine. Fine, yeah, I won't ask any more questions about this. Benny seems perfectly happy, so I will uh, hover on his shoulder and get ready to attack the night bear. I I can give you one of my bows as thanks. Uh, wonderful, yes, please. Uh, what kind of bow is it? And he, he pulls a bow off of his shoulder and kind of whips it around. Uh, and it, the speed at which he manages to control this item, despite being blind and old and bent over, is quite incredible. And he holds it out in front of him, and you see an incredibly ornately designed wood carved short bow it's very good it served me very well over the centuries you were you a short bow man or a long bow man augustus more a fine bow man and this looks like a fine bow thought you uh thought you didn't hold with shooting at things well i'm happy to hunt if i need to keep you not alive <laughs> <laughs> jump, jump <laughs> beard slightly out of character there uh, yeah when's that fit of priority for <laughs> insults first character second well if you're concerned it'll be a burden i would happily take on the finely carved short bow if if you're looking for more weapons then gregor can certainly help you out he's not just a blacksmith he's also a woodcutter Ah. an excellent woodcarver i'm sure we could come up with items for each of you wonderful well let's take this bow you've kindly offered us and we'll uh agree benny shall we to pull this and share any spoils we may have when the time comes Sounds good. Yeah. We can uh, creep up on Creature, see what it is, see if your morals allow you to shoot it with a bow or not, and then take it from there. Exactly. Well, creeping up on things does appear to be your strong suit. So I'll wear this suit and you can do that. <laughs> All right, then. Do you reckon we should pick up Toc on way? Yes. He's useless with his spear, but he's quite large, so he's probably the most obvious target. Completely outrageous shade being thrown at Toc right here. <laughs> he's not there to hear it. Um, And on that bombshell, I think that's a good place to end it. So we can pick up next time with you guys facing down the creature in the forest. Fighting the man bear pig. Doop-a-doop-boo, doop-a-doop. Give yourself more editing right there, Dian. Holy shit, that in that intro music is amazing. Thank you. It's, I call it human music. 
Thanks for listening. Please consider supporting Dice Company on Patreon, where for the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to a whole other show, Extra Roll, as well as an ad-free listening experience. The Dice Company Discord server, along with our socials, can be found on our link tree in the show notes. If you enjoyed this chapter, please like and subscribe, and don't forget to recommend us to your friends. If you didn't like it, recommend us to your enemies. And we'll see you next time on Dice Company. Dice Company.